Hey everyone, David here. I want to tell you about my music podcast, On Rotation. It's engaging, interactive, and insightful. Music mm-hmm. entwines with everything. It's something that always rings true to me. So when I need something to kind of root me, I can always go back to music in a sense, you know? Yeah. Join me each episode as we rotate through a number of topics and hear why it's the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Listen to On Rotation wherever you get your podcasts. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I think it's possible to overstate the extent to which the music one listens to actually has an effect on the music you write. You could take some portions of the song and be like, hey, this could remind me of this certain situation or this situation. That's when an artist can stay true to themselves with being honest with their lyrics. I feel like that's my favorite part of songwriting is being able to look back and really understand how I was feeling and you know what my perspective was on different events in my life. Hey everybody, what's up, what's happening? You're listening to On Rotation, the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is David, I'll be your host and lovely guide. Bryce Elizabeth has had her fair share of strange encounters as a female musician on the Cape. But Bryce says these encounters only add fuel to her creative fire. I had a chance to sit down with Bryce to talk about how she's been trying to establish herself as a professional recording artist. So Bryce, before we got on just now, what I was just talking about, I haven't talked to you in about a year or two now. And last time yeah. I talked to you, you were doing music, but you weren't doing music to the scale that you are now. So what I hear is that you're doing music full time, essentially, right? Pretty much. Um, I'm doing it like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm recording music. I'm doing all that fun stuff. <laughs> What's that been like? <laughs> uh, really, really chaotic. Because obviously, like, I have a full-time, like, job. I'm a nail tech. So I do that during the day to fund this obsession with music <laughs> and this passion for it. And then um, I immediately run to, like, my gigs. So I'll be out till 1, 2 in the morning with people doing, like, gigs and all that fun stuff. And then I turn around and I work the next day and I do it all over again. <laughs> right. Yeah. What's the reception been like? Because, like I mentioned, I know you. We went to school together, actually. And I know that you're from and grew up on the Cape. And a lot of times, like if you're getting those gigs in those local settings, especially somewhere like Cape Cod, where everyone's like, it's like a tight knit community, you know, have you had like a pretty good reception and like been able to build up like a decent following? Yeah, I mean, like, it was very hard at first. So being a girl in music is so hard, especially on the Cape, because, you know, you don't want to say this, but it's kind of incestuous where like everybody kind of has like their specific people that play every single week like I've tried to get gigs and I've actually been told like oh sorry we already have our girl Mm. like so we're not gonna like add on but then they have like six guys like playing all week so like that's definitely been really really hard in like getting gigs it's been a lot of like going and playing for free and then like letting the crowd kind of speak for itself 
And uh, I okay. mean, the reception from the crowd has been amazing. Like I gain followers like almost every single gig, which is so awesome. And that's generally like how I get hired is just like the positive reception. And now I'm starting to get like regulars who come to my gigs all the time, like to come see me if they see I'm playing somewhere. Like I played at Cape Cod Beer this past uh, weekend and it was so sweet because um, there were so many familiar faces of like different people who all come to see me. Yeah. I was like, my <laughs> Oh my God, that must feel so good seeing those people that are staying loyal to you and to listen to your music. Exactly. It's so nice. And something too that we talked about when I last talked to you a year ago was how you originally got into music and your story I love still to this day. That was the reason I first asked you about music. So would you mind sharing a little bit about like the background with your mom and how you got into music like originally? So the way I actually got into music originally was um, I was younger and I could sing and stuff. And my music teacher was like, you know, you should get her in singing lessons. Like she can sing. And my parents were like, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like no. And then as I got older, they kind of realized, oh no, like she actually can sing. So um, my parents slowly started to move me into like chorus and like all of this kind of stuff. Then as I got older, like Taylor Swift kind of came on the scene. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to learn how to play guitar. So my mom put me in guitar lessons and I tried to quit after a month because it hurt and I didn't like it (laughs) and um she made me do it six months okay and I ended up like I love it I'm 12 years plus later now and like I still love it and then um I kind of turned away from music a little bit probably a little bit through high school and a little into college and then my mom was diagnosed with leukemia and lymphoma and that was really 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 hard on my family it was really hard on me and it really made me kind of sit back and be like what's something I'm really passionate about? What's something I want to do with my life that like no one can take away from me? So I actually started to kind of turn back to music as soon as she was diagnosed because it was something that allowed me to escape and allowed me to be who I wanted to be and just be upset and sad and play and do that kind of thing. And it actually inspired one of the songs I'm recording right now. Oh, no um, way. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, I think so many people can relate to a story like that because music is a muse for so many people. And like you said, just letting yourself be vulnerable and vulnerable and be upset and just letting whatever those feelings are come out through music is like totally inspiring. Exactly. And it's nice because it's something you can do by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, because obviously when you're upset, the last thing you want to do is like invite everyone into your chaos. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And sometimes it's nice to like just sit in your room and just be upset and be able to like just sit and play guitar sit and play music like and just be in yourself and mm-hmm. not invite anyone <laughs> right yeah <laughs> like you said have that moment for yourself and like I love how you eloquently said it it's like music is yours and no one can take that away exactly but it's funny also thinking about that because you have been doing gigs by yourself and kind of been establishing yourself as a solo artist Mm-hmm. But you also told me recently you've been hooking up with this band, like you've been starting to play some gigs. So tell me a little bit more about yeah. that. Like, how did that kind of happen? So I started playing with this band called The Waywards. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like a weird turn of events. So I've played, um, I've done like charity events and stuff. So I did this charity, Inspiration is Everywhere. And I met like a bunch of guys in this kind of um, gambit of music to do like this charity event. And it was really, really sweet because the guys all thought I was just so talented. 
And obviously, once you start to meet one person, you kind of start networking and you meet all of these other people, especially on the the tight knit music group where like you may not know the person, but you know the person. Right. So all of a sudden, my friend Lee and my friend Bill hooked up with this guy, Josh, and we're like, hey, we have this girl. She's really, really talented. Like, we'd love to have her come sing and like, we'd love to start a band. Mm -hmm. So I came in and the first like day and they just they were like yep we found our singer like this is fine and it's so cool too because like it's I would say everybody probably has about 30 years on me (laughs) in the band so it's like having a bunch of uncles and like grandfathers like taking care of me but then it's also like hundreds of years of music experience all in one band Mm-hmm. And I'm learning so much from all of these guys of how to play with other people, how to like make music, how to do like all these different things, because they just have so much experience. And it's just it's a really amazing thing for me. Mm-hmm. I was going to say to add on to that, you could also bring your own experience because I'm still like getting over the fact what you said earlier about being a girl on the Cape and like being a female musician. Like you probably have things that you've experienced that these guys haven't that you could bring to the table and also things you're learning. Yeah. I mean, like I've had some interesting experiences being a girl. I mean, I've um, had men follow me to my car um, (laughs) after a gig. I've had like crazy things happen. And like, so those kind of things, it's nice because I like tell the guys. And so that's like what makes them so protective of me. Mm -hmm. But I think my experience too, is just like the hard work Mm -hmm. of like pushing and pushing and pushing and like finally getting something yeah because like obviously that's something that a lot of guys like don't really experience mm-hmm. in this like realm mm-hmm. they just like walk in and they're like I got the gig yeah and it's interesting <laughs> like thinking about it on a grander scale too like that's stuff that happens in the music industry in general you mm-hmm. know like I think if you were to ask any female artists that especially aspiring artists like yourself there's always barriers and struggles that every female has that is so different to the male perspective yeah and like I think it almost makes us like stronger and more like willing to push Mm -hmm. and more willing to show like we're just as good and want to do just as good as these people I think it's awesome yeah so like you said just to push and to keep going what kind so what kind of music do you primarily focus on because I think from what I recall is you are mostly into the country realm and you mentioned Taylor Swift's Yeah, so I'm really, really, really into country music. That's kind of like my gambit. I do try to play everything for everyone. I mean, like when we talked last, I was working in like an Alzheimer's and dementia unit. Mm -hmm. So like, obviously I was playing anything from like the 50s, the 40s, the 60s and stuff. So I have like a little bit of that. And then my parents grew up in the 80s. So my whole entire childhood was listening to the 80s. (laughs) So I have a little bit of that. But yeah, I would definitely say like my, my niche is country. I just feel like there's something so happy and summery about country. And it's one of those things like everybody can get up and dance and like enjoy themselves. But yeah, that generally seems to be like my niche. And would you say those interests, like I mentioned, you've done stuff on your own and now with the band, have those kind of come together or they're kind of, I want to say like lines drawn, but you know, like as a solo artist, you can kind of have a little bit more control with the sound you want if you're not being managed or have a label, you know, all that annoying stuff. But like when you're playing with the guys, do you feel like you're still doing the music that you want to do like on your own? Yes. So I obviously have expanded because like it's a band. So now you're bringing in multiple interests Mm -hmm. into one collective unit. 
So like I've learned a ton of different music. We're kind of like a folksy country band. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've learned a lot of music outside of that, but the guys have been super, super kind to me and like whatever I want to play, like they let me play and they'll all learn it. So like I said, I really wanted to do, um, the friends theme song. (laughs) Oh, no way. And they were like, (laughs) okay, that's fine. I was like, all right. That's amazing. (laughs) um, They're super, super awesome. Like I do a lot of Melissa Etheridge and I do, um, like I said, the friends theme song and, um, like I, I do like chicken fried and all that fun stuff so they're super super awesome to helping me also pursue what I want to because you mentioned too so these guys like they all kind of had their own like things going on and then they came together is that what I understand yep so it's kind of like they've all done their own thing and like I said you're kind of just starting out so that's it sounds really awesome that you have that cushion of support like you said to kind of explore your own route exactly like I mean some of them play like my friend Bill. He's um he drums with me every now and then, and um I mean he's in like six bands. Wow, that's crazy. And, like so he just he literally just does like the full whatever. So what have you been getting into besides like you play the guitar? You've mm-hmm. been songwriting a little bit. Like we'll talk a little bit more about that. But have you learned more about like the recording process in terms of like producing, or is that something you're interested in getting into? So I pay a guy (laughs) um, to do it, but it was actually really, really interesting. I ended up getting, um, so someone found me on Facebook Mm -hmm. and um, they were like, Hey, I have this soundtrack. This guy needs a girl on it. Like we think you'd be a great fit. Mm -hmm. So I got to go into like the recording studio and I had never been in a recording studio, which was like really cool. It was even cooler to get paid to be there, but like, (laughs) and um, I didn't realize like how much goes into recording like I didn't realize that when you record you record like a five second line over and over and over and over again Mm -hmm. until you get like exactly what they want Mm -hmm. it was like cool because I learned a lot too about like harmonizing Mm -hmm. which I had never really thought about because I always do my own thing I've never really like worked on something with someone Mm -hmm. and he was kind of teaching me about how like you need to put everything together like you can't put any of your own spin it has to fit like a perfect puzzle piece Mm. and it's kind of interesting because I've taken that into like my regular day when I'm listening to the radio to try and like teach myself like how to harmonize and do like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and I would have never learned that if I hadn't been like the recording studio yeah that's that's really cool like yeah I haven't I haven't been in like a recording studio before either and Mm -hmm. I have like a very like I would say introductory understanding of recording and editing and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, like I think you can, like you said, you learn so much from just being in the actual environment where everything happens. And like That's you said, you probably cool. wouldn't have had that happen if this experience didn't come your way. Exactly. And now, I mean, like it kind of gave me the confidence to want to record my own music because mm-hmm. like I had kind of kept my music to myself because obviously your music is something that's so vulnerable and so you never know how people are going to respond or what they're going to say about it Mm -hmm. and being in the recording studio I was like you know what no like I want to get this like out I want to put it on Spotify like I want to record this and put this out yeah and I wanted to have more experience in the recording studio yeah so what's that experience been like I assume you write all of your songs I assume so like how has that been like do you feel like from all these experiences you've kind of been more inspired to write and to create absolutely yeah I mean like I had never really been into writing um 
in fact, I like considered myself to be like really bad at it. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, like within like the past like year, two years, I, I think COVID has really changed my perspective of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I just started to like sit down and write. And if I had thoughts or ideas, whether it was just a phrase or something someone said, like I was writing it down in my notes on my phone or like I carry this little book that I like write everything in. Mm-hmm. And like anytime I have like any kinds of thoughts and it slowly has like created this whole entire, like all these different songs. Some of them are finished. Some of them are not. Some of them I'm like still in like the process, but I ended up writing a song about a friend who like had passed away. I wrote a song about my mom. I'm in the process of actually writing a whole entire song about my dad. Um, oh, sweet. It's called My Practice Boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of girls um, can relate to that as well. <laughs> exactly. And um, it's just been such an amazing thing. Like, I know COVID's been really, really horrible for a lot of people, but I almost am so blessed that it happened because it made me sit down and realize like what I actually wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can totally relate to that too. Like having that extra time when you just can't, really do a whole lot or focus on Mm -hmm. anything else or focusing energy on things like going to work or going out you're kind of forced to sit with yourself a lot and like you said to focus on the things that you really enjoy and things that you're passionate about and for you that was music and songwriting right and that's and I mean for me like I was in such an interesting position because I had started my music journey a year prior to COVID hitting Mm -hmm. and I was playing out like I was really doing so well and then all of it was taken away from me yeah like it was awful like it was one by one every single gig was taken away mm-hmm. and it really made me sit back and be like you know what like this is what I want in my life like when it was taken away and all of a sudden I couldn't do it anymore it was like pushed me mm-hmm. even more to do it yeah and now you mentioned you're doing gigs like almost like every day like three four times a week at this rate even more so like do you ever get tired like when you do your nail job and then you have to go to a gig and you're out till 2 a.m. Like, do you ever oh, get yeah. like tired of it? Oh, yeah. I have days where I want to melt <laughs> and just like sit and just cry because I'm just so tired. Mm-hmm. But when you're like there and you're doing your music and people are responding so passionately to you, you like get like this newfound like, like push where you're like this is amazing like these people are listening to me and they like me and I want to keep doing this like I want to keep pushing and I've been really lucky too because like a lot of my clients at my nail job come and see me at my gigs that's awesome yeah like I see them I'll do their nails like during the day and then all of a sudden at night I'm like hey how's it going (laughs) (laughs) it's a good marketing tactic when you think about it because then you could easily mention it it's so it's such a great marketing tactic and like a lot of people like when they come into the nail salon, they like want to talk to you. They want to know about you. Mm-hmm. Like, and a lot of times, like I have a big tattoo on my arm, which like tends to be mm-hmm. a big selling factor if I like music. Yeah. And um, it generally like pushes people to all of a sudden, like ask me about it. Mm-hmm. And my coworkers are so incredibly um, helpful too. Like yesterday I was working and my coworker, Linda was like, Bryce has a beautiful voice. <laughs> like out of nowhere I was like thanks Linda <laughs> oh that's sweet and um like just starts like all these conversations with all these different people mm-hmm. what is the tattoo if you don't mind me asking it looks really cool so this is my guitar okay so it's um like a black Yamaha mm-hmm. and then um my 
strap actually has roses on it so I got roses okay and then um these are actually like song lyrics but it's all like the music of it yeah so um my favorite song of like all time like it's like my anthem is closer to find by the indigo girls Mm -hmm. and um for me it became like this thing that whenever I was feeling down I listened to it because the lyrics are um the less I seek my source for some definitive the closer I am to find Mm -hmm. and then um at the beginning it also says um darkness has a call that's insatiable and lightness is hard to hear which is just basically about like you focus on all the bad things that people say to you and sometimes it's hard to focus on all the good and so I mean I have had people come at me about like you went to college why aren't you using your college degree like why are you doing nails why are you doing music like that's not a career like all these other things and they're really really aggressive and so sometimes you fall into these pits where you're like, I should be using my college degree. What am I doing? Like, this is no career. Like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. But then on the other hand, you have all these people who are like, this is such an amazing thing. That's such a great thing that you have and you should pursue it. And so Closer to Find has like been my thing. And that's why I got, the less I seek my source for some definitive, the closer I am to find. So the less I start listening to everybody and listening to myself, the closer I am to find. That's really cool. I love that. I really like that. And have you, because you mentioned this too, this is really interesting, like those kinds of expectations slash views people put on you. Did you ever believe them? Or were there times that you had your doubts where you're like, I don't know if I should be doing this or can I do this? Absolutely. I mean, like, it's so easy to fall to what people's expectations are of you and what people think you should be doing. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, I mean, music is very non-conventional. Like, yeah. I want to move to Nashville. I want to pursue music. I want to see, like, give it a try. I'm, I'm 24. I'd be stupid to not try. Yeah. And um, people really, they, they think they know everything. And they think that they have a right to tell you what is best for you. Mm-hmm. When it's not actually best for you. <laughs> and it does become a lot. There are times when I have to like sit back and remind myself, like they don't know me. They met me for a minute, 30 minutes, and they're trying to give me life advice. Mm -hmm. And this is what makes me happy. And I'd be, again, like I said, it would be stupid to not pursue it. Yeah. And I don't like kids. So it'd be bad to go into teaching. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of, that's a hurdle, isn't it? That's a big one. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. (laughs) Yeah. It might not. I think you might be doing the right the right thing here then. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I want to know too, and this is like such a basic, you know, interview question, but yeah. do you have like a, you know, the typical thing is like a five-year plan? Like what essentially are you like working for? Like, do you see yourself like releasing more music? Like you're going to start now, you said. Do you see yourself like putting out an album or like going like being like a bigger tour artist or like do you kind of want to stay more like in the local scene like what are you kind of feeling so I guess I have more of like a three-year plan that's fine (laughs) um so my goal is I want to be down in Nashville in like two and a half years just to kind of like experience and live somewhere else I've always lived in Massachusetts I've never left here Mm -hmm. so I really want to go down and experience and um one of the main reasons I got my nail tech is so that I could do nails during the day while I'm down there so I have like a job to like pay the bills 
and then at night I can pursue music. I'd love to put out an album. I only have like a couple songs right now, so I think it would be more of like an EP kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to get it like recorded and put out like on Spotify or iTunes and kind of share that. In terms of like being a headliner, I mean, who wouldn't want to be a headliner? Like yeah. that means like you've made it. You have yeah. hit the peak. But for me, like I almost I would be happy to be like an opener for someone. Mm-hmm. So I'm on tour, I'm singing my music, I'm playing in front of people, I'm meeting new people, I'm traveling the world and doing like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'd be happy. And then like too, sometimes when you're like an opener you can still have like a normal life where if you're walking down the street, no one knows who you are. <laughs> I can see and that. Yeah. Like, you can like still live like this ordinary life. So yeah, and you like, kind of want, you want a little bit of fame, but not too much fame. It sounds like. <laughs> exactly. Like I still want to be able to go to like Chipotle. <laughs> yeah. Bombarded, but like then also be doing music and like touring and doing all this other stuff. Have you ever thought about who you would want to like tour with? Like any artists that really stand out to you if you got there? Um, if I ever were to like make it, I would want to either tour with Lauren Elena because mm-hmm. I just, I think she's so incredibly talented. She's really up and coming too. Yeah. Big time. I saw her when she like opened for a bunch of like these big names and like there was like no one in the stadium because no one cared. and like I just I was mesmerized by her Mm -hmm. so like definitely her or like a Luke Combs or something like Mm. those are probably like two of my big inspirations like in music Mm -hmm. um when I listen like if I put if I were to open for Luke Combs I I would know I've made it (laughs) he's yeah he's huge he's a big guy in country right now exactly but I definitely like Lauren Elena is like I just I love her yeah so I'm not a country person, really. I like appreciate country music, but I know yeah. who these people are. So I, trust me, I'm following. I got you. Okay. <laughs> like Absolutely. I know something. I know something yeah. a little bit here and there. <laughs> hey, it's not for everyone, but as long as you have an appreciation for it. Oh yeah. Like I won't, I always say I won't put it on and I can like tolerate it when somebody else puts it on. After a while, I'm kind of like, all right, my tolerance is up. But there mm-hmm. are like, you know, I appreciate like any genre of music really because I just love music in general. So I would never yeah. like bash a country artist. Like that's not like me. Right. That's like my boyfriend puts on stuff in the car and I'll be like, okay, I, <laughs> this is fine. This is so do, fine. Do you have like different exactly. tastes then? Big time. Like I'm really into like country or um, I love like emo pop punk or metal. Mm-hmm. And he's like total like, Beatles, Rolling Stones, like oh geez. So like we fight a little bit on <laughs> who gets to pick the music in the car. But um, I mean, like we're both like appreciative of music because he's a guitar player as well. Okay. So like we'll sit and listen to it, but then we'll be like, okay, my my turn. <laughs> huh. Do you ever like do anything together with music or do you kind of like to keep that separate? Not yet. We've only been seeing each other for about like a month and a half. Okay, um, so it's soon, yeah. Yeah, but he's, like, super sweet. He, like, really, really wants to, like, come to the gigs. And he was, like, I'll learn anything you want. Like, and we can play together. Like, so he's, like, really, really sweet and, like, supportive. Yeah. And he gets it if he's, like, doing music, too, you know. He might not be doing it to the same level as you, I assume. But still, like, it's nice to have that appreciation. 
Exactly. Music is universal, whether you're gigging out every single day or you're just sitting in your room playing. Yeah, totally. Love that. So I kind of want to bring this full circle here and I want to ask like, what is this experience meant like for you and your mom specifically? Because like I mentioned and like you shared, you both kind of have like a first interest slash like connection with music that really bursts like your whole talent with it. So mm-hmm. how is how is your mom like reacted to all this like success that you're having? Oh my god, my mother is so incredibly supportive <laughs> and she's so excited. Like we'll literally be out and we'll be at a bar and um say there's music. Like she'll all of a sudden say to later, she's a musician. <laughs> and you know, like you that, that awkward moment where you're like, oh my god, mom, please stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but she like has been so supportive I mean my parents come to every single one of my gigs Mm -hmm. and they're the people who literally are up front and center like rooting me on the whole entire time and like I had a long conversation with my parents about Nashville and everything Mm -hmm. and obviously like my parents don't want me to leave because like they love me and they don't want me so far away yeah but my parents are the first people to be like you know what you need to try yeah like you need to go and like we'll support you and do whatever you need in order to get you to that point and um I mean it's just it's been such a whirlwind whirlwind and again I'm so incredibly lucky that my parents are so supportive I mean like I have friends whose parents if they even tried to do anything like this they would shut it down immediately or they wouldn't even like show up for anything right Whereas like my mom is the first person who's like giving my card out to anybody who will listen. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so sweet. I love that. That's really like, I'm really happy for you. Like hearing all this, like, this is really great news. I'm really, it's really exciting to see where you're at in terms in comparison to like a year and a half, two years ago. Like that's really awesome. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. And so I just want to, you know, thank you for coming on. This has been great. Why don't you, um, tell people where they can find you and find your music. And also, obviously, if they're ever on the Cape, like maybe (laughs) shout out some of your regular spots. Yes, I got you. So if you're interested in listening to me, you can go on Facebook. Um, I'm Bryce Elizabeth Official. And um, on Instagram, I'm Bryce Elizabeth Six. Um, I use those two the most regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you're ever on the Cape, like my regular spots are generally Cape Cod Beer. Quahog Republic Dive Bar, the Kuna Mesedin. Um, and then if you're off Cape, I play at the Lakeville Country Club um, generally almost every first Friday mm-hmm. of the month. I play with a drummer then though, so it's kind of more of a rocking atmosphere. <laughs> gotcha. But yeah. But you can do it all, it seems. You got a little bit of everything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Bryce, thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. And like I said, best of yeah. luck to you and all your success. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. This was so much fun. So all I can say is who better to tell us that love sucks other than the queen, I would say, of pop, punk, emo, Avril Lavigne herself. She just decided to drop her seventh studio album, which is also called Love Sucks. That's why I mention it. And it's really, I think, what people have been waiting for, specifically her fan base, because it really marks like a return to the kind of music she really came up on and really helped define what like 
punk music looks like in the pop culture realm. So here to talk about the album with me is my friend Andrew. Is it Sakali? Uh, Sakali, yeah. All right, Andrew, welcome. Right. Welcome to the podcast. Cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's exciting. I I think it's really in general exciting for Avril to be releasing new music because I think it's a far cry from what her last album was too. So I think in general, it feels like going back to her roots. I think. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like you mentioned this before we started recording, you have on some merch from her last tour, the Head Above Water tour. So you're obviously a big mm-hmm. fan. Like you've been following her for a while, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Ever since I was really little, actually, which is kind of funny. Honestly, it's funny because today, like this morning, I was, you know, listening to the album again, watching a few of her older videos. And I'm like, it feels like being in a completely different universe, like revisiting all that stuff from the early 2000s. Because I remember being a kid and being obsessed with like complicated and like Skater Boy and that whole album, which actually this year is the 20th anniversary of Let Go, like her debut. So like I said, it's just crazy that she's putting out this album, which like I said, is so reminiscent of her earlier stuff. And it almost feels like a full circle moment to me because like I said, I think people have really been waiting for this and the response has been like amazing. Yeah, actually I saw something on Twitter and it was basically, I think it was like one of those charts account where they like record where music is at in the charts. Mm-hmm. And it said that in like the first 24 hours, Avril Lavigne's album received more streams than Taylor Swift's Red Taylor's version, That's which is insane. surprising because the Red Taylor version got about 90 million and then Avril Lavigne got 98 million. So it was really, <laughs> I think in general shocked because I feel like Taylor's like one of the most popular and widely liked musicians. So I'm, I was shocked to see that that many people still really appreciate Avril and are excited for her new music too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Like I was watching an interview with her too and then she talks about her fan base being so loyal and so dedicated. And if she can still pull those kinds of streaming numbers in the age where she came from with like CDs and everything, like that's mm-hmm. that's pretty fucking impressive. I'm not going to lie. Like yeah, I love, I love her. I think she's awesome. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I don't know if you heard, but um, she's also planning on releasing a movie. Like, there's a movie in the works for yep. Skater Boy. Yep, which, which is, is amazing. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 awesome, but it's like, it's so crazy. I don't know. Yeah. It'll be cool. I think I'm excited for it. But yeah, so she's getting into like more movies and film. And I think like those projects, which are different than what she usually does. So I think it's it's cool that she's kind of branching out into different things too mm-hmm. yeah let's get into the album a little bit more because it's obviously what we're here to talk about and like mm-hmm. I said kind of on the same topic of getting back to her roots essentially she talked a lot about too like how organic it was to make this album and the people that she worked with like she worked with producers like John Feldman and Travis Barker's on a bunch of tracks um Mod Sun which she like ironically started dating like during this whole process of making love sucks and it's like she was just saying like this album happened where they all were just kind of hanging out and like had similar interests in this type of music and before you know it this album was like born so I think that really is telling to show how someone creative and as seasoned as she is just kind of like not even try and come out with something this awesome yeah 100 I think it is so weird to me that I just like Travis and her like they're from like where they were their music was mostly popular in the early 2000s and late 90s and everything so it's weird that you know here they are they're basically doing it all over again and we're we're seeing it and I feel like Travis Barker himself has worked with 
so many other musicians and he is I would say he's one of the artists that's really trying to like revive the like early 2000s pop punk type music so I think that's really cool and it is so weird to me that she started writing with Modson because originally I thought Modson was going to be more of like rap music or more like that I don't know why I just I because he was <laughs> dating Bella Thorne yeah before he started dating Avril so I feel like he was kind of headed more towards like a rap style career so I think it's interesting to kind of see the 180 in general but yeah I think she's really I think she's holding her own like there's no other musician that's like her right now I would say because there's there's Machine Gun Kelly there's Monson you know there's Jaden there's Nessa Barrett like there's a lot of people but like no one's name I feel like holds the gravity in this topic when it like Avril Lavigne especially for a woman oh yeah 100% I was saying that to you earlier there's no one else female that has really necessarily done what she's done in terms of like pop emo punk music or whatever and you know she and I like completely see this because listening to the album I pick up on little things here and there across the board like this album is so well done like the production is like I think you know another key thing is she didn't have a label or a manager when she made this album so she was just kind of free to do whatever she wants. And from the beginning, like if you see any interviews with her, she's like, I've always wanted to just rock and I've wanted to just do rock music and I want to do what I want. And she like she did that. Like it's just it's guitars, it's drums. It's like it's everything that like rock music is, but like done to her standards, if that makes sense. And then also like the songwriting, like I said, these are the little things I pick up on where it's like that was so cleverly written and especially how sometimes it fits into the title or like the theme of the album. I don't know, like just mic drop for me. Like, just, yeah, you know, I mean, I would say too. So the album opens with Cannonball and ends with Break of a Heartache. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, like she really does start with like an explosive beginning. Like she comes in, she's like, you know, I'm ready to rock, like I'm ready to go. And then at the end, she's kind of just like, middle finger up bye I'm I'm out like and I think yeah. that was just really artistically well done because I feel like not it's not too common that we kind of get like that strong intro and that strong ending it I yep. don't know so I think that it was in my opinion I think she did a really good job there yeah the energy like stays kind of on that level without I would say without it being like overbearing because I think sometimes you can have albums where the energy is always high but then it's also like okay now I'm tired I think she dips with it pretty well. There's only really like one song that's a ballad, which is Dare to Love Me, which I also really liked. Like it was a nice change. And like, I think it, com it comes like later in the album, like, you know, second or third to last. So it's like, you still have, like I said, those variations of energy, but overall, like we said, it's just 100% go, go, go. Avril energy, like being like, fuck this, fuck that, fuck everything. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I think too, even Dare to Love Me, although it is a ballad, it still fits so well within the album because I haven't listened to it in like the last 20 minutes or anything, but I feel like <laughs> it has, uh, <laughs> it has like the guitar in the background so you can still like hear it. It's still, it's like more faint, I think, but it just in general, like she did so well at fitting a ballad into what is essentially like a pump up rock album. So I thought that that was really cool. Yeah, and to talk about like some of the singles too on that same topic, obviously Bite Me was released before the album came out. And I remember seeing something somewhere that she had said this was like the perfect preview introduction to the album. 
very much so was that. And to kind of talk about those songwriting abilities, like I mentioned just now, I just think it's so clever how she has the line before the main chorus where it's like, you bit off more than you can chew. Can you taste it? And then, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole song is like being bitter and being like, you could have had this and now you don't because you fucked up. So bite me. Like, like I said, little things like that. I just think that's so clever. Like, and her songwriting, like I said, on this just really came through. Yeah. I think in general, like the, the two lead singles that she had, um, so it was bite me. And then, Oh, I love it when you hate me with black bear. I think that, those were two, I think, just perfect samples of what this album really is because it, it you have that sound throughout it. But I think just in general, they pretty much give the major theme of what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really, I thought that those were two really good. I was actually thinking about it earlier today. If I were to pick like any of them to release as singles, it would probably be those two. Like I really do like, I think Deja Vu is probably mm-hmm. going to be one of my like one too. favorites. Yeah. Um, Because it's kind of like a little fake out in the beginning where it sounds like it's going to be like a ballad or something soft and then it just drops. But I feel like what she chose were definitely great. It all just fits so well. Yeah, yeah. And I like also um, Kiss Me Like the World is Ending. I think that one too, I could argue, could also be a single. Because like that one, like she described it like as I have it written down about like running around Malibu like with mods on like her boyfriend and just, you know, one of those things where you're just enjoying life and enjoying each other's company and like nothing else matters, but it also fits in, I guess like thinking about it now too, like all the other songs that we mentioned, like Bite Me, Love It When You Hate Me and like Deja Vu. And then also considering this one, like they all they all do occupy a different space, like sonically. Like I think sometimes with doing a full punk rock album, you can kind of run the risk of everything sounding alike. But I think she does a good job to making sure everything it doesn't blend to the point where it's all the same oh yeah 100 percent. i think it's it fits cohesively as one album as in they do have like a, the similar sound but they each have their own whether it be like the third verse like something that really sticks out in that song that i think kind of makes each song more more special i think like love sucks i think it's the third verse or I think I'm not I'm not even sure but like the sound just overall kind of switches yeah and I, th- I think it just it makes the song more more interesting and kind of cooler to listen to because it kind of helps differentiate the songs but they all do fit so well together mm-hmm. that was actually the first song too she said she came up with for the album because the whole concept was like oh love sucks like she was going through stuff and just like venting and you know, writing sessions turning into therapy sessions and like next thing you know, you have an album. So that's very telling too that I think you picked up on that. Yeah, I think too, one thing that was really interesting was that she wrote this whole album with like her now boyfriend and the whole (laughs) album's theme is like love sucks. And yeah, it's like, wow. But yeah, I would say overall, she kind of did when she was talking about it, she introduced it, I think on Spotify, she sat down with them. She basically was saying that the album is supposed to be like a kind of how you lose yourself when you when you fall in love type of thing. Mm-hmm. But then when you like crash really hard, like it's about kind of like bringing yourself back and like being more of yourself, finding more of yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's right. less about the heartbreak and more about her energy of being like, I'm not going to let it bother me like that, even though the yeah. whole album <laughs> is that I don't know how to explain it. But she did yeah. such a good job of like articulating what she was trying to say. 
I think a song too, because it's been playing in my head and I want to bring it up, that also matches what you're just saying was Avalanche and kind of everything, like you said, just come crashing down in terms of like falling in love or feeling the weight of something. And also with that song specifically, I think there's a lot of traces from her last album, even though like we've said, you know, this is very much reminiscent of her early works like Let Go and, you know, Under My Skin. But in terms of like her vocals too, like Head Above Water was a huge vocal like song where she really belts. And that whole album was very emotionally deep and very, and like kind of slow too. So I would say like there are little trickles of that in a song like Avalanche. But like I said, it's paired with all this other like pumped up energy that's going on. Yeah, I think she kind of did have a lot of the same topics. So she had fell in love with the devil, which is, I would say more of like a ballad, obviously. But if she could turn that into more of a rock song, like she could have 100% like re-released it with this album. But I think a lot of it's like the same subject matter, just different presentations. So Head Above Water was more about her own personal struggles too with Lyme's disease and like everything going on with that too and everything that was happening in her life at that time. And I feel like this album, kind of those background things from the last album that she was also singing about, kind of front and center and just saying like, you know, I'm not going to let it bug me, but we're going to have fun with it. Yeah. And I just love to like also thinking about the whole pop punk revival and like all the other artists that we mentioned. She's so awesome about recognizing younger artists that are doing something similar. You know, like I saw another interview she did, I think with MTV and she calls out like Willow and Olivia Rodrigo and Mm. Billie Eilish too. I'm like, Billie Eilish is literally her daughter. Like, I don't care what people say. Like that is Avril's child. (laughs) Yeah, it's really funny you say that because so on my TikTok account, I did a lot of like album reviews. Like I have vinyl records and Mm -hmm. I did a review of um, Under My Skin because I think if I had to pick, that's probably one of my favorite ones that she has. But um, I was I was mentioning that she she kind of was who Billie Eilish is now, I think, because she mm-hmm. was so young. She was like around Billie's age when she first released like Let Go. So I think that it just fits so well that we're kind of seeing them because they have very similar vibes too, I think. So it's weird to see them both like together because they're oh like kind God. of the same in my yeah. opinion power like total like power trip move there like I think they had a photo together at some kind of red carpet award show too and I was like that's that is the photo of the decade for me (laughs) like insanity yeah I think Avril also went to one of her concerts okay and that's I think I saw that photo but yeah I would say that it's just so weird to kind of see the differences but like such the similarities yeah So what do you think like this album and I guess you could say this new era of Avril means for her career? Because like I said, I think it's a whole revival that's going on and she deserves to be at the helm of it. Like it almost wouldn't be happening properly if she wasn't involved. So like from your perspective, like what do you think like this means for her career? Well, I think in general, I feel like she really is coming in back more towards like the peak of, I, th- I think this like pop punk revival, especially with like Machine Gun Kelly, Jaden, Travis Barker. So I think she's coming in at like the perfect time because she was like the original, like one of the originals from the early 2000s. So mm-hmm. to have her come back now, I think is huge. So she's also, as I mentioned before, like working on different projects too. So like she's working on films and stuff. And I think in general, like her career is only going to keep growing. I think the her career in general I think has grown very far but I think the only time that may have been more difficult was 
like the 2015 to 2019 because she was dealing with so much on her personal life. Yeah. But even turning that around, like she made, um, I don't know if it's like the Head Above Water Foundation or the Avril Lavigne Foundation, but basically yeah. they go, they donate to Lyme's disease research. So I think she has a lot she's working on. And I think it, in general, I think her career is going to keep going because I mean, as you can see, she's working with Travis Barker. She's working with all the ripe names. She's working with newer people too. Black Bear, Machine Gun Kelly is new to the scene. In the next album, if she does get any more new people, Willow, she worked with Willow. That was awesome. That was a really good song. Yeah, I think that she, her career, honestly, looks like it has a really good trajectory right now. I think she also has another album pretty much ready to go. So right. we'll see if, if maybe she keeps this going. She may release it next year. She may release it in two years. I don't think she's released the tour dates yet for her American tour, but I'm yeah. excited to see what the venue is going to be because it could either be like a House of Blues or it could mm -hmm. be like a TD Garden yeah, type yeah. situation. Like I said, it's interesting too thinking about her fan base. Like I said, she knows like they're loyal and they followed her throughout this whole thing. But I do think some people did kind of fall off the bandwagon during that period when she transitioned to more like pop e ballady stuff like the goodbye lullaby period like i think she still had like some bangers obviously like some songs that came out of that area like what the hell and like smile but yeah mm -hmm. i think like from my perspective it does seem like she might be gaining a lot of traction back in terms of getting fans back into what she does but also like we've mentioned this whole revival there are younger people discovering this genre so i think she's going to tack on some even new fans throughout all this so I, I totally see that too. Like she could do, I think she could do either or like she would sell, I think she would sell out smaller venues, but if she had bigger venues, she definitely would still make a shit ton of money. Definitely. When I saw her, she was only performing at the Orpheum Theater, which is, you know, it's probably, it's more intimate, more kind of House of Blues size. But I definitely think that, I think like a, like a pit at her concert would be pretty cool. Like yeah. I would love to see that. <laughs> I think that that would be fun. Oh my Just God. in general. So for that, I would I would like to see her at like a TD Garden. I guess it depends on the production that she wants to put on. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, what what would you say your favorite songs are that she like has on this project? Or I guess we'll do all time, but then what's your favorite <laughs> on this project? Oh God. I think all time is super, super hard. Like I remember being obsessed with girlfriend. I've always weirdly liked Smile. I don't know why. Like that song has always really stuck with me. And like my happy ending is obviously a classic, like you can't go wrong. I think like those three probably, but like I said, for some reason, smile has always been like something I just routinely go back to. So I could argue that one, but then like for this album, I probably would have to like listen a few more times. Cause I do like all the songs differently bite me. I've been listening to you since it came out. So I'm like still obsessed with it. And like I said, mm -hmm. the other like main singles, like kiss me, like the world is ending and like, love it when you hate me so yeah I don't know if I can confidently say I have a favorite yet off this album but they're all they're all pretty good <laughs> me being biased yeah. obviously <laughs> I would agree I would agree for me I would say my favorite songs of all time would probably be in order I really like freak yeah. out okay off of under my skin um losing grip off let go and then I would probably say together yeah Okay. Yeah, I know those Which, ones too. Yeah. I think that those are probably like my all-time favorites off this album. I feel kind of basic saying that I really like <laughs> Love Sucks because it's like the title, but <laughs> I think that one's really good. I really like Cannonball and Deja Vu. I think those are like my top three from this album. 
overall. Solid. Well, Angie, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you talking about this. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was really just fun. Drunk again, have another crush, don't rush. Just take your time, don't feel too much. And that's the rotated review. Want to join me for the next review? Send in your suggestions to the on podcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Make sure you hit that follow button while you're at it. To read this review fully, see my blog, or listen to past episodes, log on to onrotationpodcast.wordpress.com. And now it's time to take a look at what popped this week in news. Eminem has become the most awarded musician for singles in the RIAA's Gold and Platinum Certifications program. After earning over 73 million new certifications, the rapper's award total has reached a whopping 227.5 million. Slim Shady is also one of only seven acts to log three or more Diamond Album Awards. The world's largest record label is closing its Russian office and suspending operations in the country in response to the Russian-Ukrainian conflict. In a statement, Universal Music said they are adhering to international sanctions and working to support humanitarian relief efforts. This comes two weeks after Russia officially invaded Ukraine. And Lady Gaga has announced her long-awaited Chromatica tour. The tour will include 15 shows from July 17th to September 10th, with stops in London, Paris, New York, and Los Angeles. Tickets are available online. That's going to do it for this episode. Feel free to tune in next time when we rotate through new topics with new guests. In the meantime, keep it real, y'all. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.